What's up, hey, guys? What's up? Not too much. Just uh, trying to multitask here. Talk a little Redskins. Watch Steelers Patriots game right now. Yep, yep. Same here. Um, all right, you all ready? Yep. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the podcast with DMV season. My name is Tom Natale. With me are Jack. Perfect sneeze and Josh. <laughs> My name. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Tom underscore Natale. Guys, I'll let you go ahead. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jack P Brizendine. And you can find me on Twitter at Coach underscore Web LF. All, all right. So, hope you guys had a nice Sunday despite the uh, the loss here today, which I don't think came as much of a surprise to any of us. But um, you know, initial thoughts. What did you think? I thought the team looked pretty pretty good in the first half. I mean, if anything, I was really excited to see the impact of Terry McCorn just because it seemed like there's a little bit of a question mark above him due to his lack of play in preseason. I was really I was really happy with his performance today. It's the one good takeaway after the ugly, ugly loss. Yeah. Yeah, I think for me, um, you know, I didn't have him pick to win this game anyway, but uh, they still find a way to make it painful. No matter whether you pick them or you don't. Yeah, and and I agree. And that's why, like, if we play the Eagles right now, I think, well, one, comfortably, we can all say this team is just flat out better than us, and as they should be. Um, do you all agree with that? Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Oh, yeah. And if we play them ten times, I would say maybe we'd win a couple. Maybe. Two halves, but what is so frustrating is a lot of these errors are, are something that we've seen. You know, we saw this last year. We saw this year before. It's just the same careless errors, whether it's a, you know, a drop pass by Paul Richardson or 11 penalties and Morgan Moses leading the NFL and penalties again, and, you know, overthrowing Terry McLaurin and just continuing to shoot yourselves in the foot because, you know, if the Eagles beat you, that's fine. But it just seemed like, you know, a lack of professionalism. And, and really once Jay, went past that 15 play script the, the game changed yeah. yeah it was pretty disappointing because you can almost predict it I mean the last couple of years especially under Jay Gruden when the team has performed well in the first half it seems like they've kind of come out in the second half sort of asleep and they've given up leads so unfortunately you kind of saw what you've seen mm-hmm. from Jay always and it wasn't it wasn't good, and it just felt like one of those things where it's like, is he ever going to address this? And, of course, you'll hear the, you know, I didn't prepare them well enough in the post game, which, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just, it seems like, it seems like football season's back with all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, Carson Wentz didn't play at all in the, in the preseason, so early on I kind of felt like he seemed rusty, seemed a little a half second behind. And then it kind of took that Deshaun Jackson touchdown at the end of the second quarter, and it felt like, oh, okay, now he's ready to play. Yep. And I remember looking at my, you know, my, my girl and saying, okay, well, seventeen to seven, I got a feeling this is a, this is going to be a wrap for us. And she said, well, you're up by ten points. I'm like, no, this this is what I figured was going to happen. Um, yeah, I think it really speaks to more of the slow start by the Eagles than it does by the hot start of the Reds. Okay, that was one of my next questions. Why is that? Well, it's just you could tell that a lot of the timing was off. Mm-hmm. Um, they Doug Peterson seemed like he wasn't comfortable calling plays. Uh, you know, they started getting booed yep. pretty early. You know, the the famous Philly Boo Birds came out pretty quickly. Yes, they did. Um, but once he found that 
and it really that whole drive before the 50 yard touchdown, they had started to kind of find a groove and get a couple of first downs. And, you know, you kind of seen at that point, you seen the talent level difference. It felt mm-hmm. like, and that was when I kind of realized, yeah, okay, that, that, that's it. Yeah. I'd agree with that. And if, um, uh, Josh, are you, is it cutting out at all for you at all? Can you hear or Jack? Can... Yeah, I'm hearing everything fine. Okay. Yeah. It sounds good. It cut out, it cut out a little bit. Yeah. Beginning. Just for like a second. Okay. Now. Yeah. I mean, it was, I'm trying to look at the the positive in this, and really, his his stuff plays. And another way, really impressed with what we saw from Terry McLaurin. I was really impressed with, um, oh my god, uh, Kelvin Harmon even made a couple plays. I, I felt. It. I mean, there was there was a lot of positives to look on that uh, look upon this. And you know, Case Keenum thought all things considered played pretty well. Didn't turn the ball over. Managed the game. It was just, um, you know, it was the same con- continuous type of errors as I've previously stated. But I think just the biggest issue with Jay Gruden is when the, when adjustment is made, and certainly the Eagles did that really going into the second half, really halfway through the second quarter. Um, Jay never really, really, really struggles to find an answer at times. And it was just, um, you know, about as frustrating as it gets in that regard. Yeah, no, it seemed like every first down it was, it was a run up the middle and then you'd have a second down run up the middle and then third down be a, a short pass. And it seemed like that was every single drive and it mm-hmm. would be every single set of plays. And I mean, if the fans can catch on to it, it's not going to take too long for the other team. Sure. And, um, Now you're Can you guys hear me? Uh, you were cutting out a little bit there. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, certainly I would say our defense looked different with Jonathan Allen out. But to me, what is frustrating is just I understand that injuries are part of the game. And it just I, I'm sick of making that excuse that, okay, X player is not there. So that's why we suck. And, I mean, it was just such a clear difference. And I, I, I just, you know, frustrating as always. Yeah, because, I mean, the big difference you noticed, I mean, I, even after Allen left, I thought the run defense was still pretty solid. But mm-hmm. what you noticed was uh, with Allen in there, they were able to um, they were able to rush only four people and get a lot of pressure on Wentz early. Yep. And once Allen went out of the game, now you have to bring five or six bodies, and then that's when your secondary kind of got exposed. And I think that was a perfect example today. Mm-hmm. When they could rush four and get pressure, the secondary was able to hold up. But as soon as – Allen went out and you started having to bring blitzes and you had to try to give different looks. It yep. left a lot of your guys one-on-one. And I think, you know, Josh Norman was a, a really bad product of that today because he got left one-on-one with, you know, Deshaun Jackson a couple of times and he's just mm-hmm. not the athlete that can do that with him anymore. No, he cannot keep, keep up with speed. Um, he's more of a physical type of cornerback. Uh, and, you know, I think, what was it? Three of their touchdowns came on third downs two of which were third and longs on the uh, long touchdown passes to Deshaun Jackson, which was a clear, you know, personnel matchup issue as well as a miscommunication between the secondary. I mean, a lot of guys really struggled today. I mean, Josh struggled. I think Quentin Dunbar struggled after the, what showed was a strong first quarter. Um, Monte Nicholson was nowhere to be found. It was, you know, Kerrigan wasn't really generating much uh, pressure. It was a lot of guys that we typically rely on uh, weren't there. Yeah, and I think that goes back to your earlier point of they're just the better team. I mean, it's not like we don't have guys who can get to the quarterback. I mean, the O-line 
for the Eagles. They were a little slow to start out, but they really turned it on in the second half. And they were just mm-hmm. – they were. if you noticed, they, I believe they only had like three or four penalties on the whole team the whole, whole day. So they weren't holding either, and that's incredibly hard to do with a quarterback like Carson Wentz who likes to scramble out of the pocket. So I, yeah. I really think it was just a testament to how well they played, plus the fact that it seemed like the team was beaten down by the fourth quarters. Oh, yeah. Simply just time possession. I mean, they yeah. they had the ball for more than 75% of the second half. Yeah, exhaustion certainly was kicking in. Josh, any thoughts on that? No, I, I was actually going to bring that point up. I mean, in the first half when – I mean, you kind of start to know, even when they scored quickly on the big, you know, Terry score, um, you know, it was about a, what, a two-play drive, three-play mm-hmm. drive. So, even sometimes when you're scoring that fast, it can still affect you. And that was kind of an effect of the whole second half of the first half. Um, you know, most of the second quarter, the defense was on the field. And, you know, I kind of said going into halftime, I said, unless they're able to sustain a couple of drives early, then it's probably going to end up being a track meet. And, yeah, that's kind of what happened. That's exactly what happened, I think. Um, moving on just so that from a personnel standpoint, who are the – if we don't upgrade this or if they, don't play, if they play like this, we are screwed. Oh, secondary without a doubt. Yeah. yeah Which, definitely. Who yeah. in particular, Josh? Oh, I mean, I didn't think Dunbar played well. I didn't think Norman played well. No. Um, I didn't think and unfortunately, it's not well like either. you go and find a corner on the street that could come in and play immediately for you. Mm-hmm. So that's that's something that they're going to have to try to figure out to either cover up or find a way to put those guys in a better position all year. Um, Nicholson had some moments in the first half, had the big yeah. hit on Godert down the sideline. Yeah. Um, but then there's plenty of times where – you could tell that a corner's looking for some safety help and he's just not getting there. I don't yeah. know if he can't recognize things quick enough. I know it's not the athleticism. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's, he's a very athletic kid, but it seems like he's almost on like a tape delay sometimes when he's getting back into, you know, the deep, deep zone or, or he's supposed to help out over the top. Yeah. And especially in, uh, in that second touchdown to Deshaun Jackson, I believe that was, you know, Nicholson's responsibility to help over the top. And he was just too late to respond, as you just said. Yeah, there were like there were two guys open that field. It was just up up to him to pick one. It was gonna get is Carson Wentz is gonna hit one of them. So I can't remember who stated that, but once I looked back, I think they were right. Mm-hmm. Jack, anyone come to mind for you? Uh, definitely Josh Norman. I mean, I just I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that he's gotten older, but his his pursuit is just gone. Mm-hmm. I mean, there are so many times where it seemed like he was just completely biting on these on these plays. I mean, I get it. Deshaun Jackson burns you over the top twice. You want to, you want to cover the deep route, but on some of these little short curls, I mean, he was flailing his arms and it took like five seconds for him to get back to the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's just something you can't have from a guy that's making 50 million a year. That's supposed to be in man. one corner. Yep. Um, another player that I did want to discuss and really the general position with this is uh, Darius Geis. This was his, you know, his first game playing in a Redskin uniform, a, a regular season game that is, and it was not good. I, I, I hate to say it. And then abruptly, uh, Adrian Peterson was uh, inactive today, and I certainly think we could have used him. And it, apparently, it rubbed the locker room the wrong way. It rubbed Adrian Peterson the wrong way, and uh, you know the whole thing is incredibly confusing. Um, and uh, 
that said, if Geis went out there and had a heck of a game, I, I think we wouldn't be having this conversation. But 10 carries, 18 yards, 1.8 yards per carry. That will not do it. No, and I think it'll get better once once we start to play teams that aren't the Philadelphia Eagles, just because they do have a very formidable formidable front. But I think um, I, I don't know. I definitely think he needs AP AP to be active next game. It, it didn't seem like it was right for them to put the load all on Darius Geis in his first real regular season action. I agree, Jude. Yeah, I mean the the offensive line didn't hold up very well. Mm-hmm. They really did. Like they, they did a pretty good job in pass pro for the most part for the day, but they they weren't able to move bodies. And um, you know there was there was a couple of times where I thought Geist was maybe a little hesitant to get into the hole. There was a time, you know, a couple of plays that was specifically in the first quarter where going off to the left side he had isolation and the hole did open up briefly, and he kind of hesitated before he hit it, and he may have been able to pop off like a seven eight yard gain on it. Mm-hmm. And I think really that's just coming from – I mean, that's just rust. You sure. know, he only played one preseason game. He's missed a whole year. So I do think the running game will get better. I mean, and he has to get better because Case Keenum can't throw for 400 yards every game. Mm-hmm. You know, if that, that's kind of, if that ends up becoming the plane on offense, then we're in for a long season. Absolutely. But in terms of not carrying AP, I, I kind of understand the perspective of it's hard to carry three running backs if one of them doesn't give you some kind of special teams, sure. you know, equity. And obviously, Adrian Peterson is not going to play special teams. Geis isn't a special teamer. And Chris Thompson's too frail to really do else besides be a third down back. Yep. So, I mean, it was kind of a – at that point, you had to pick or choose. Um, you know, I, I, people that went to a training camp that I've talked to have really said that the AP didn't look that great this preseason. You know, he didn't look, really look good in camp. And, you know, there was a lack of explosion. So – you know, if that is the case, then, I, you know, they made the decision that they felt was best for the team. And I really don't think it would have mattered who was back there. I don't think they were going to run the ball successfully today. Jack, any thoughts anymore? Um, no, I mean, I, I agree. I thought it was – I don't really know where they needed more spots on the roster where they went with three running backs because it seemed like – I mean, most of the games I've watched, most teams dress four at least. So I was – and also, I mean, if this is a regular regular week thing, I mean, we gotta we gotta reevaluate mm-hmm. maybe him being on the team because Absolutely. you can't you can't pay a guy that much money to be inactive every week if it's a healthy scratch. Not not to mention, I mean, he had a good season last year, and you know, there's always going to be a need for running back, especially with what you saw what happened uh, to Houston with Lamar Miller. You know, I, we can there's got to be some trade value for him if that's in fact the case, but. You know, there's not a lot of talent on this um, Redskins offensive roster. Not a lot. And we need as much as possible. And, you know, there's things that Adrian Peterson, frankly, can do better than anyone else. So I, I just I'm trying to rationalize with the fact of not having AP active. But I, I just find that almost negligent that, you know. It's you have also to, say that. Go it's, ahead. A little, it's also a little disrespectful, in my opinion, to a yeah. Hall of Famer who's sticking around to climb up the leaderboards. I mean, he doesn't have many years left, so if you're not going to play him, you might as well just give him to a team who will. Yeah, yeah, no, and I agree. And, I I mean, I I would not be too happy right now if I were Peterson. I'd be pretty pissed off. And just because, 
you know, clearly our offense wasn't wasn't doing anything in the second half, and that's when you can bring someone like AP in and, and see if he can just make something out of nothing, which he did plenty of last year. And I, I just, um, you know, I, I didn't expect if you would have asked me, you know, what would have been what we would have done well today, what we've done poorly. And I really thought it would have been the passing game that was terrible, and the uh, our rushing attack, which was successful, was you know quite the opposite. Oh yeah, fun fun fact: as of right now, Case Keenum is your league leader in pass yards. Wow! Don't expect that to stay up very long. No. Josh, can you hear us? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. Was there? I um, complained that I would say about two or three times on Twitter today about how bad I think Morgan Moses is guys. Is it just me pissed off? Cause we, we, we lost or is he in fact a, a problem? Well, I don't know if you're too familiar with the let's talk Redskins guys on Twitter, mm-hmm. but Steve is a huge Morgan Moses, anti Morgan Moses person. We mm-hmm. mess with them all the time about it, but I think, um, I think, with when you have tackles, especially right tackles, they don't come often in the league. Mm-hmm. I think his holding is definitely an issue, but I don't think it's something that's so bad to the point where we need to get rid of him. Because I think there are a lot worse people you could have right there. And, I mean, if he can just sort of fix up the holding issues, he'd be fine. I do think he is making a lot, though, so he needs to fix it up a little bit quicker. Okay. Um, I, I wouldn't say that I think he's a problem but I do think he plateaued about two years ago and maybe he didn't look good today I mean he really didn't look good today and I started to feel towards the end of last season that it felt like you know he had plateaued about two or three years ago Mm -hmm. and he hasn't continued he hasn't gotten better he hasn't gotten worse and um, when a guy does that for two or three seasons in a row that means he's going to get worse very soon Mm mm-hmm I've always felt that way. Sure. Um, but unfortunately, you're having enough trouble trying to find a line right now that, you know, at least he's familiar with the offense. Um, you know, he, he can have a good game here or there, and you just can't afford to really – I mean, there's nobody else on this roster that can fill that and probably be better than he is. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's really tough to call, and it's not like you can go and find a really good tackle on the trade market or anything. So Absolutely. Um could you see a scenario that if Trent Williams comes back, so to speak, um, potentially, would you maybe move Penn to right tackle? I probably wouldn't just because, I mean, it's already hard enough to switch positions mm-hmm. like as a normal player. Mm-hmm. For someone like Penn who's played so long at left tackle, I don't know. Yeah, it's I mean, they're two, they're two very hurts. different positions. They're, they're two very different positions. I mean, that's why I thought Ty Niseki was such a valuable asset to the team because mm-hmm. he could do both. Yep. Um, you know, but that, that, it's, it's hard to say that because there are two different positions or two totally different techniques. Um, you know, I, I don't know about that. Um, another question I have for you, too. Uh, you know, our two biggest acquisitions this past offseason were uh, Case Keenum and Landon Collins. Uh, what did you guys think of them? Uh, let's start with Case. Um, I think we got Case Keenum today, and we got pretty we got a lot better Case Keenum mm-hmm. than we probably probably will the rest of the season. But I mean, he was what what he what we thought he was when we acquired him, and a little bit more. I mean, 
you're going to have those times where he does hit the deep ball of Terry McLaurin and then times where he does miss it. Mm-hmm. He kind of – he wasn't the reason we lost and he wasn't the reason that we were going to win. So, okay. I mean, I think I think he was what he was, but maybe a little bit better than how he, we expected him to play. Uh, I mean, look, I thought he was an A-plus today. I do too. Really, he kept us in the game. Um, yeah, the second half was more of the case, Cam, that you'd expect. But mm-hmm. – you know, he had some highs, he had some lows. He seems to have a pretty good grasp on the offense. Yeah, definitely. That's that's a like he. I mean, which doesn't surprise me. He's a very clever guy. Yeah, he um, reminds me of Kirk Cousins. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's exactly who he is. That's why I always thought it was real weird that the Vikings paid Kirk Cousins all that money and let Case Keenum walk. It was like he could have got kind of the same player for half the price, but yeah, um, you know, Kirk Cousins was all eight for ten for eighty yards today, which was weird. Yep. But uh, <laughs> very, you know, so um. Look, at some point, Case is going to go back to Case, and that's and you know by then, who knows? We may be two and four, four and two. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And I think by then, you'll start to see Dwayne Haskins start maybe start working and getting some reps with the first team. Sure, sure. And you know, I, I Josh, I absolutely agree with you. I, I came away pleasantly surprised with how uh, Keenum played and and just how familiar he seemed with this with this scheme. And I was watching it with. Um, a few of a uh, couple of the guys with my other podcast, uh, PMIC one, and we're like, man, I don't remember. <laughs> he looks a lot more comfortable in this offense than Alex Smith did. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if that's just us, but that's how we viewed it. Yeah, definitely willing to take a, a few more risks than Alex was, which is good because I don't know that Alex would have thrown that ball to well, mm-hmm. McCorn was wide open, yeah. but there are a lot of passes that he gave that he passed up. Yeah, uh, I mean, games last year. It, it, there's there shouldn't be any scenario in which Case Keenum is throwing the ball 44 times. No, and um, if if that's in fact the case, we are in deep. You know what? And so at the same time, he was only sacked once and uh, no interceptions, no fumbles. I was um, more than pleased to to say the least. Yeah, I mean, and one thing that impressed me about Case, which I didn't think he would do, he he was willing to throw the ball down the field and take some chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, through, you know, a couple of 50-50 balls. I know in the first quarter, that catch that Paul Richardson had, it didn't count because he stepped out, but it was a yep. beautiful ball, beautiful go up and get it. And, yep. you know, the fact that he's willing to take those 50-50 chances or something that we don't see from, you know, an Alex Smith or a Colt McCoy. So, um it kind of – at some point, that's going to be helpful, uh, the mm-hmm. fact that he is willing to – you know, and sometimes I think he tries to do things he can't do physically, mm-hmm. but I like the aggression and and the mindset that he's at least willing to, uh, you know, try to stretch the field a little bit. Absolutely, and I mean, I know he's probably gonna have nightmares tonight about that missed throw to McLaurin because really that's when just took the wind out off of like out of our sails, so to speak. I, I thought like we, the Philly had a lot of momentum, but then we had a really nice play design uh, dialed up, and McLaurin was wide open, and just as soon as that happened, it just it was over. Yeah, that was one of those key missed plays. And the more you see of those, the more likely it is that you're going to lose. I, I like to look out for those each game. Mm-hmm. Just to see, like, that's the play that we're going to look back on and see that's why we lost. Because we didn't hit that play, and then we didn't hit that play, and that was definitely in that category. Okay. Um, another question I have for you guys, and I was talking about this with my friends earlier as well, is clearly, uh, you know, the – we came out with a 17-point lead, and Philly responded. 
and responded so effortlessly that it was, you know, infuriating for us. But who is that? Who do you place blame on for that? Is that a, just a personnel issue? Is it, was it coaching or, you know, maybe a combination of both? Uh, what do you all think? I think to be honest, the team just started feeling themselves a little bit after, mm-hmm. after the, uh, after the score to go up 17, nothing. I mean, you saw Jay sort of celebrating a little bit, which I don't mind, but, you know, when you're a head coach, and you're supposed to be leading these guys. Just keep it cool. Be the one to calm them down. Just say, listen, the game's not over yet. And especially, I mean, after halftime, it just seemed like they crumbled. And it's usually, you know, Jay usually takes accountability of, for that during the press conferences, which he should, but I do believe it might be him. Yeah, I mean, I think I kind of touched on it earlier. I think, um, you know, I think really it was just more of a lack of talent. I think that uh, w- w- once Allen got hurt and they weren't able to apply that pressure with only four people and they could mm-hmm. drop eight people in the coverage and, you know, blanket some guys up top, you know, kind of bracket guys with a, a high-low coverage. Um, and then they had to start mixing up some blitzes to try and get pressure. That uh, It just became apparent that our secondary couldn't hold up with the, the weapons that Philly has. That, that's really what I think it was. And, um, you know, you hate to say, well, if Jonathan Allen plays the rest of the game, we win. No, I don't think that. I don't mm-hmm. think that at all. But – I certainly think that it would have helped that defense get off the field on third down a couple more times. Yep. And, um, you know, you could have had a little bit more momentum offensively. Absolutely. And I, I just, if I'm going to lose, lose sleep tonight, it's going to be just surrendering third and longs. I mean, we had those consecutive mm-hmm. third and tens, the Deshaun Ch- Jackson touchdowns, and I believe they converted like a third and 15 or third and 17, something like that, which was also just, uh, you know, Carson Wentz extending the pocket and uh, making the play. I mean, he's, if he's hundred percent, he's, terrifying um and i don't think there's any dispute in that but i if i'm a, you know one of the coaches in the defensive um defensive room tonight i mean i'm i'm losing sleep over those conversions well, that seems to have been a theme the last few years doesn't mm-hmm. it? it always feels every like time you don't feel on third yeah. long yeah i think philly. yeah well philly went like six for six in the second half Right. They're also very good on fourth down, which is I've noticed is a big thing for for really successful teams is they're willing to risk it on fourth down a lot more often. Mm-hmm. Usually they get it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't you can't knock Doug Peterson for attempting it if he's going to get it every time. I mean, that's just if you've got the ball and you've got momentum, why not? Sure. Props to him for that. Going into uh, you know next Sunday's game against Dallas or home. That's going going into this week. Are you, you know, are, to quote Dennis Green, we are who we think we are, or you know, are you more optimistic, or the latter? Um, I mean, hopefully we can bounce back from the loss. I think I don't know that being at home is going to help us. No, either way, but, no. <laughs> um, I don't know. Division games are always tricky. It, I could see it going either way, to be honest. Um. I don't know. Dallas looks really good today. Really good. That defense sure. is is legit. I'll tell you, the, the, the Dallas and Philadelphia racing for the division is going to be kind of fun to watch. And, mm-hmm. uh, uh, certainly, I hate both teams. Don't get me wrong. Very much. But their talent on their roster, um, their execution for early in the season is mm-hmm. just—it's head and shoulders above where we're at. That's for sure. Sure. So unless they can find a way to, uh, you know, and we always have a lot of success against. Ezekiel Elliott. 
Mm-hmm. I don't think he's really ever had a game where he just completely took over the game against us. Yeah. And uh, but the fact that they're throwing the ball much better this year that scares me because any team that's going to be able to throw the ball you know efficiently and effectively against us yeah is always going to concern me because of that you know that mm-hmm. second. Yeah, Prescott looked good today. Yeah, really. he did. He did. He did, and it's hopefully good enough. They pay him forty million a year. <laughs> Please, um, <laughs> you know, to, to answer my own question, it's looking at it broadly. Um, it, it's where I expected. Um, I anticipated. Uh, it's the defense that I'm really much more disappointed in. I just found that this this whole defensive mindset to me it, it just doesn't really compute because our defensive coordinator Greg Minuski uh is our is still still has a job yet we interviewed other potential assistant coaches for that same role while he was still employed by us so you know I I, I don't think that's particularly common certainly on the hot seat and um you know, with hiring ex-defensive coordinators and Rob Ryan and Ray Horton, um, you know, it's it's concerning for me in the long run that, you know, this is supposed to be the backbone of our team is this defense, and they just got their asses kicked in the second half. And, you know, while you want to tip your cap to Philly, there, there's got to be a little bit, you know, that's not good enough. Nowhere close. Well, I mean, I think you just circle back to the point, kind of like what Josh was saying, number one, Philly is obviously a more talented team than us. Number two, I mean, the offense had these quick drives even when they were scoring. So I just think it was, it was number one, week one rust. And just number two, I think they were just gassed for most of the game. Because after the first half, when they stopped getting, you know, these long breaks on the sideline, it seemed like they were just, every time they went out there, it seemed like they were sort of jogging out there a little bit lackadaisically. Yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you, though, there is one position group on that defense that I think by the end of the season will be much improved and in a very good core, mm-hmm. and it's that inside linebacking core. Yep. I think Cole Holcomb is a find. Um, oh, yeah. I know I was real high on him after the draft. I yep. was real high on him throughout the preseason, but when you watch him today, man, he plays with a different gear than what his measurables are. He, he's one of those guys he, that, like, quietly you're like, he's on every play. Like, yeah, there's I mean, 55 really again. Is. there's 55 and again, there's 55 again. I think that's flies to the ball, yeah. he rushes the passer. Like, um, and, and honestly, Sean Deion Hamilton had some moments, he did, he absolutely um, did. Um, you know, there, there was definitely some times where you can see he kind of got swallowed up inside and, and and some of those different things. But, um, if you can use him in the right situation, I think he could be a very good football player. I'll tell you, if Reuben Foster would have never got hurt, man, I really think that man. this defense would end up becoming an elite defense because, like mm-hmm. I said, we know our front front four, front five is is probably one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Lane College didn't play bad at all. Okay. Um, you know, obviously the corners and and that that other safety position are still a big question mark, but. By the end of the season, that linebacking core, if they can all stay healthy and continue to grow, is going to be a very good group. Sure. Yeah, and I forgot to – we forgot to talk about Landon Collins. You thought he played well? I think he did. I mean, you know, he didn't play at quite an all-pro level, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, maybe it's kind of of getting comfortable with the defense and and some things like that. But I I think he's going to be fine. I think it was was a good signing. 
No, I agree. Um, and, and especially uh, Deion Hamilton showed really well in the run um, against the run that is. And, uh, you know, Cole Holcomb at this point almost looks like an every down uh, inside linebacker. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was calling the defense and everything today, which is incredibly impressive from a six round rookie. Wow. That is not bad. So, I mean, really going forward, are, are you, are you kind of at the same, you're at the same thoughts as you were prior to this game? Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot to take away from it. It's just, I mean, if we can just ever clean up these careless mistakes, then, you know, we're, um, we're, I think we're talking about a different type of team. It was just so weird because it felt like the first half and the second half were just two completely different games. Mm -hmm. And they they absolutely were. Didn't even feel like you were watching the same teams. Yeah, and, you know, I, I, I made a terrible error during today's game. It was after we had that amazing start, I started to believe. <laughs> and I should have told myself that, Tom, the Eagles are much better than the Redskins. They are in contention. There is going to be a, you know, a regression to the mean for the Redskins. And, you know, the Eagles aren't going to play this poorly. It's, it's just going to correct itself at some point. And, of course, it did. So, Tom's fault. Yeah, it was one of those things. It's like, oh my gosh, we're really gonna do this, mm-hmm. and it was so unbelievable that it really wasn't. It wasn't believable. Yeah, and it just it came crashing down. Yep. Yeah, but if you put it into perspective, that that touchdown to start the game was just a freak play by Vernon Davis. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like uh, schematically it was perfect, or you know, it was a simple, a simple bootleg, <laughs> five you know, five yard route to try and get the first down, and he just yep. happens to make a freaky athletic play for a thirty six year old man. Sure. And um, and then you know the second touchdown to McLaurin, he just you happened to get some one-on-one coverage, and, and he ran a great route. So it wasn't like they played exceptionally well those mm-hmm. first two minutes because they still couldn't run the ball. Nope. Um, you know, defensively they were still giving up some 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 first downs even on those first couple drives. Um, so like I said, I kind of seen it coming. I said, well, you know that unless you're going to keep getting these kind of plays that come out of nowhere, then yeah, what are what are you really going to be able to do? Sure. Yeah, and Hopkins isn't making that kick before the second half. Every he's not making that every time. No. Yeah, I mean things just went your way in the first half. That's really what happened, <laughs> you know. And once Wentz got rolling, Wentz really got rolling. Yeah, yes, he did, and that was you know reminiscent of his, you know, what was probably an MVP season for him before that knee injury. Oh, absolutely. You guys hear me? Hello. I can hear you. Yeah, I, I got you. Okay. Josh. That was weird. Uh, Jack, while you're, while, you're, while I have you here, are you going to the game on Sunday? I will not be going to the game. I Good um. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I've, the only only division games I've been to have been giant games, and I think I think Dallas and Philadelphia ones are a different animal. Yeah, I would suggest not going to a Redskins Dallas game unless you want to be emasculated by what will probably be like a sixty forty Cowboys fans to Redskins fans in in their favor. So, 
um, yeah, yeah, it's I, I I wouldn't go down that road. No, no, I think, and I don't expect. I mean, you can't expect them to win any game at this point, but I don't expect them to win either. So, I'd rather watch that from home. Sure, Josh, can you hear us? All right, he should join. Join back soon. There you go. Okay. Um, current. There we go. All right. Problem solved. Current. Okay. Um, and another guy that I, I wanted to talk about, just the receiving core in general, I know the first one we're going to uh, really think about is Terry McLaurin. And one of the reasons why Josh Doxson is no longer on this team. Um, but what did you think out of, you know, the rest of the guys too, Paul Richardson, Trey Quinn, is this, is this enough for the duration of the year? Um, I think if Terry McLaurin keeps playing the way that he did, then mm-hmm. we'll, we'll be all right. But mm-hmm. Paul Richardson definitely needs to start making more plays. I, I mean, agree. The drop, the drop pass. I, I can't remember at what point it was in the game, but it was a crucial first. Yeah. Really, really, really changed the momentum. He really can't be doing that as the Mm-mm. veteran of the group. You're supposed to be making those plays. And I mean, he's, just... he's got a hefty contract too at five, uh, what, five years, forty million dollars, and you know what, four catches for thirty something yards. It's just, you know, I, I like the concept of Richardson in general, but I, I really just haven't seen. I don't think his skill set is going to be equal to that contract. Yeah, he um he got one of those classic first day free agency mm-hmm. overpaid for potential contracts, but. Mm-hmm. I do view him. I've never really viewed him. I, I know I've said in the past I view. I think he can work up to a wide receiver one level. But the more I feel feel like when he starts playing, I feel like he's more of a complimentary piece. Mm-hmm. I don't think he should be the focus of an of a passing unit. Mm-hmm. So I think I don't think he has that Deshaun Jackson factor where he can just no. take the top off the defense by himself. I think Even though that's what he's getting paid to do. Yeah, he definitely needs a. He definitely needs a number one for him to work alongside, mm-hmm. so he won't draw doubles, and he can actually u- utilize his speed. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, well, the one thing I feel about is you can see there's a lot of potential with the wide receiver group. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody is a number one in that group. Nope. Um, and and I think to go to the Paul Richardson point, I think he was a product of playing with a top five quarterback in Russell Wilson. Sure. Um, you know, and sometimes guys like that, you know, like Devontae Adams kind of struggled early. And then once he got going with Rodgers, now he, he's an elite receiver. Mm-hmm. Um, and playing with Case Keenum and Colt McCoy and Alex Smith, you can't exactly bring out the best in him. Yeah. You know, th- those aren't guys who are going to make him better. And I think what you've seen is he's a middle of the road guy. You know, he's a two or three on a team. And unfortunately for us, we're just so thin at that position that he has to be a number one. Sure. And, you know, I. Pr- I thought Trey Quinn um, and Terry McLaurin outplayed him quite significantly. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. How and how did the um, you know the relig? I wouldn't say what is the best way. Um, I'm trying. I just lost my train. I thought the, the omniscient Trey Quinn. What did you guys think of our new slot receiver? Um, I think he played pretty well. His hands are great. Mm-hmm. He. Uh, he definitely played better than what we've had there in the past. And it just feels, it feels like it's comforting to know that, I mean, he's not the same kind of slot receiver that Jamison Crowder is, but it's comforting to know that we do have a slot receiver that can be an easy first down 
yeah. so potentially if Jordan Reed can't suit up for most games. Not bad for a seventh round pick, right? No. Uh, the, yeah, I, th- I mean, I, I like a lot about him. I think the only thing that he struggles with, and it, it's more apparent when you play in the slot, is I think he struggles with physicality a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, you can tell, you know, when he's coming across the middle and guys get their hands on him and things like that, it sort of slows him up or, or um, you know, he seems like he, he gets him off his route a little bit. And, you know, being in the slot, a lot of those routes you run are timing routes. So, um, the potential is definitely there. I mean, I like the guy. There's a reason why he was, you know, such a big deal coming out, you know, coming to LSU and sure. then when he transferred to SMU and stuff. But, uh, you know, I, I'd like to see him find a way to, you know, either accept the physicality and, and find a way around it or to just be more physical. Okay. You know. He looks so good in 18, too. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. I mean, now that they're – we're going to have an even a bigger test now against Dallas, who had – their defense is better than Philly's, in my opinion. Yeah, I'm curious to see how the O-line, O-line holds up against guys like Demarcus Lawrence and Tyron Crawford. And I really I really hope Leighton Vander Esch doesn't just destroy our run game this, this Man, week. Man, he, he, him and Jalen Smith, those two young linebackers yeah. are here to stay and haunt me. Yeah, if you're gonna beat if you're gonna beat Dallas, you need to definitely beat them in their secondary, mm-hmm. which isn't bad. It's just they're the least of the troubles that you would have against their defense. Yeah, Josh, I would say think? they have the best yeah. young defense in football by by a pretty decent margin. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, San Diego has has a really good young core, but a lot of those guys have bad injury histories, whereas. You know, after the freak accident that Jalen Smith had at Notre Dame, he's been totally fine. <laughs> uh, Van Der Esch doesn't seem like a guy that's going to get too banged up, and that, and that front no. door is pretty nasty. Yeah, and I'm looking at the early lines for next week, and DraftKings has Cowboys-Redskins game as Cowboys favored by six, hmm. which means they're favored by nine because the home team usually gets a, a minus three. So that's a pretty underdogs yet again. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't do anything. Which is probably accurate. Yeah, no, I, I, I'd agree with that. And, you know, this is going to just – I'm really curious to see how our offense is going to carry next week and especially, um, you know, we, we got to be able to run the – you know, have more, more time of possession and just what happened. 18 yards rushing from our leading rusher can't happen again. And whether that's Adrian Peterson getting implemented into this offense or some kind of adjustment, but – you know, I I know Jay's Jay's got to understand that this has to be a run first team. It does, but don't make your play calls predictable like they were today. I did, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the although it didn't get the first down. I appreciated the creativity on the on the fake high snap to the direct snap to him. Sure, I believe it was Thompson, but I yes, I it was. Need to be more creative on those on those plays. I think Chris Thompson needs to be mixed more into the run. Game. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm I'm a totally okay with the ten targets. I think that's I mean that's why you paid him the money. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, you got to give some yank and some yang with him and guys. And and uh, yeah, it was tough. It's tough to get that power power run game down mm-hmm. when, when your offensive line is is kind of a makeshift line like it is right now. Absolutely. So, you know, if they, if they could get Trent Williams back, I really think it would obviously help the run game. But, mm-hmm. uh, 
you know, in Jay's offense, you have to be able to run the football for everything else to be effective. Absolutely, because then it really gets predicated off play action from that and so on and so forth. Um, It does appear that maybe there's some um, room for optimism regarding Trent Williams returning. Is that what you all hear too? Like, yeah, Mm. I hope so. Would you, if the New England Patriots offered a first-round pick for him on Monday, tomorrow, um, would you take that? A hundred percent. Me too. Jack? You know how hard it is to get a first-round pick off somebody in the NFL? Yep. Oh, yeah, definitely. And even first. if it is the 32nd or 31st or 30th pick, yeah. it's still it's still a very valuable asset and a player that you can, Absolutely. That you if can that put in, into this young core. Yeah, if that, in fact, happens and you're looking at four first-round picks in two years, I mean, that is a heck of a return. And even, I mean, yes, today was frustrating. And, you know, Donald Penn, while I don't, I don't think he was – a liability. I mean, of course, he's, he's no Trent Williams. Uh, we can all comfortably say that this team, the Redskins, are not going to be contending as if we are the Eagles or Dallas. So, I mean, if we can acquire another first-round pick, I just I, I would find that to be very typical Redskins if they're not uh, accepting that. No, because, I mean, if they finish with six or seven wins with two first-round picks um... – you know, there are some very good tackles in this draft where mm-hmm. I know the last two drafts has kind of been a weak, a weak point. Mm-hmm. You know, walk a little. I mean, there's plenty of guys. Um, if you can grab, you know, with that top 10 pick, a a guy that you think can you can slide in there at that left tackle and could be a guy like Trent that you had for 10 plus years. And then later in the first round, you can grab, say, a receiver like T. Higgins or, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, another weapon, uh, the true number one that this team really desperately needs, especially yeah. with Jordan Reed. Pretty much, I think Jordan Reed's career is kind of coming to an end here. Yeah, sadly, I agree. I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see him at all this year and he calls it quits. Yeah, I mean, I think he's uh, – I don't know how many concussions he's had, but, I mean, uh, if he if that's in fact the case, I don't blame the guy. No, 100%. I mean, it's it's a different era where, you know, you have this, this modern medicine and – and, uh, I mean, he's a guy that if he keeps going at this rate, he won't be able to walk by the time he's 50. Sure. So, um, I, I'll never, I'll, I'll never knock a guy for, for putting his health first. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? Yep. Yeah. Gotcha. Right. Um, so we're on like the 45 minute mark here. So I know it's late. Um, you know, we the Cowboys game coming up next week. Uh, I mean, I, I know we're going in to be underdogs and, the, you know, the chances of us winning are, you know, lower than they are high. Uh, how, how can the Redskins beat Dallas uh, seven days from now? They definitely need to work on work on the run game because that's mm-hmm. what the offense is designed to be. I mean, you look at the receiving core, and then you look at how much they've invested in the running backs. You definitely need to realize your identity is that you are a run team and build around it. And I think it's definitely going to be hard to run against that front seven of Dallas with all the young studs they have there. But I think if you can just stick to it, it can be effective and help you win. Uh, I mean, I agree with what Jack said. You got to get a run game and um, try try to keep Dallas's offense off the field because it's looking like it's kind of 
Like their offense is kind of taken to a new level this year. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's play calling. I don't know if it's it's Dak Prescott's comfortability. So, um, you know, get the run game established. Try to keep your offense on the field. Keep the defense off the field so much. And, uh, you know, maybe maybe you can make it a close game, make it more competitive. Sure. You know, I, I would say amen to all of that and just situational defense. I mean, the, the third and longs, we that can't happen again. Uh, Moneski's got to figure something out because yeah. this has felt like every every year we've had him, it feels like we're just dreadful. Man, at certain and, and I thought and Greg Blatch had a vanilla defense. This is ridiculous. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yep. And you know, I their situational defense has to improve third and longs and create some kind of turnovers. Um, you know, just it felt like the pass rushers were just getting collapsed in the pocket today. You know, they they have to. You know, we have some really talented player players on the defensive side of the ball, and. Um, they just this was unacceptable uh on so many levels with with what i just mentioned um you know that stuff has to improve and i i would anticipate it yeah they definitely need to um they need to work on their play at the line of scrimmage just because it seems like i mean they they barely even got any hits on Carson Wentz today mm-hmm. and they didn't get a single sack i think the the qb hit or pressures was under count was under five so I think I mean Dak Prescott is like any other quarterback there's very few quarterbacks you can constantly pressure and they can just keep throwing in your face I think if you can get to the quarterback it'll help you and that'll eventually help you on these certain longs where it seems like they're killing you every down all right so with all of that considered guys what's your prediction for next week 45 to 3 Dallas (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think um, I think it'll be close, but I think we will lose. I'll say 24-20, Dallas. Okay, 24-20. Jack, what do you think? Uh, I'm actually going to say 31-17, Dallas. Wow, that would suck. <laughs> yeah, it would, but I don't know. It just feels right. Yeah, I think we'll see a regression in our offense. I don't see us um, you know, moving the ball that effectively as we did in today's first half. Um, At the same time, I think our defense has to improve. Um, Let's go. Let's go twenty to ten, Dallas. I like that. Yeah. Well, I don't like that. I don't don't like the outcome of the predictions. You know, it was just a bad omen to begin with today because I went to Popeyes for, you know, to get all our game day food and really, really excited to try this chicken sandwich for the first time, and uh, they were sold out. So, I've went three different times and haven't been able to get it. I'm done with Popeye. Same here. It's, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. That's Popeye's fault. Makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I'm good with that. All right. Well, thank you for listening to uh, the Hogcast from GMV season. My name is Tom Natale. You can find me on Twitter at Tom underscore Natale. Jack, Josh, I'll let you guys go ahead. Uh, my name is Jack Brizendine. You can find me on Twitter at Jack P. Brizendine. And my name's Josh Webb. You can find me on Twitter at Coach underscore WebbLF. Awesome. All right, guys. Well, I'll talk to you all soon. All right, fellas. Sounds good. Take Take care.